Well, the spring game finally is almost here, and we've got a lot of different things to watch for. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. We're almost to 2,400 on YouTube, hundreds more on podcasts. Thank you all so very, very much. Can we talk about a spring game the day before it takes place without Ryan Winter. I don't think so. He's at Sports Chat 503 on Twitter and YouTube. We wouldn't do that. We can't have spring game week just come and go without my man Ryan, who's got this wonderful, for those of you listening, classic UL logo on the left side of his jacket. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. With, with the, the Rose best, Bowl. The best patch you can get, right? The, the best the patch symbol. you can get on the jacket. Ryan's locked and loaded, ready to go. Let's hop right into it, Ryan. Your biggest storylines, biggest things to watch for in your view going into the spring game. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, the offense, the the, the new offensive coordinator, they're going to throw the ball like they did last year. That was the big story. And then defense, can you put pressure on the QB? Man, I just think that that's a big deal. Spring game is kind of weird to see that because you don't tackle the quarterback, but at least you can, you know, bust up some coverages and whatnot. And I think, uh, the, you know, to, to see, see some energy on the defensive line, get into the quarterback and to see uh, the quarterback putting the ball in the air, two things I want to see. Yeah, absolutely. I remember there was a uh, a great meme last year when uh, when that first play happened, which was a downfield shot to, to Seven McGee. And, you know, they've had all these posts going around of like, welcome back to Autzen Stadium, you know, insert player who's coming back and Mariota and Javon Holland are the coaches and they had a welcome back thing. And after that first play, someone made a a meme of welcome back to Autzen Stadium, the forward pass. Uh, That was fun. Yeah, I I laughed pretty hard (laughs) at that. But I don't think we're going to have that sort of stuff uh, going around this year. I think we could maybe say welcome back pressure on the quarterback welcome back um explosive safety play but there are only about 50 different individual positions and players that uh that that i'm watching for here ryan i don't have a lot of questions about the quarterback i don't have a lot of although ty thompson i would love to say i would i would i would love to see where he is at and whether or not there has been improvement in the offseason because last year of course we were all underwhelmed but Running backs, I feel like I know what I got there. Receivers, there's one compelling uh, element there. That's the slot receiver position battle between Chris Hudson and Tez Johnson. I, I tell you what, offensively, I'm excited to see, Ryan. This is going to come a little bit out of nowhere, but kind of not. We're going to see a lot of Kenyon Sadiq, aren't we? Probably. I mean, right out of the gate, you would assume, you know, one side and the other. So, yeah, I would, I mean, <clears throat> you know, my, my thing is, it's really interesting, you know, when you start thinking about like the big picture, what do you want out of an offense, right? And what did you get out of last year's offense? You saw a bunch of two tight end sets. So now when you're down a tight end, you might be able to look for, you know, what does that do to your play calling? What does that do to uh, some of the structure of your offense? And it's going to be interesting how they work with that. I, I definitely think they're going to you know, be cautious and they're probably going to run some 
basic stuff. They don't put a lot of crazy stuff on film for spring games, but they do have fun with it. And they do have fun with spring games yeah. and they kind of let it loose. And it's the first time the guys get to really hit, you know, for a while. And uh, so I, I think the guys look forward to it and it'll be a beautiful day. That's the other thing. The weather is going to hold out for us over never here. Rains, buddy, buddy, never buddy. rains. Buddy, buddy. It is so freaking cold up here this year. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be hot. It's going to be popping. The beers will be flowing. Baseball game afterward. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, it, it should be fantastic. I lament that I will not be up there tomorrow. Ryan, of course, will be there. If you want to, if you want to go find him, go, 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 seek him out. He's not a he's not a hard guy to find, right? No, he, I, but I'm not printing shirts like Dion. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have a shirt that says I don't have a I'm shirt here. That says I'm not hard to find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, right here. He'll just he'll just yeah. walk around with uh, yeah. with his big 6'2", 250 pound frame and just. <laughs> Just kind of be this big, I'll big be that imposing guy. presence. Yeah, I'm but just, I'm just that dude. I want to get, I want to get your thoughts on some individual position group battles. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned one, you know, Tez Johnson against Chris Hudson. Who can kind of, can one outshine the other? I, I get the feeling that's going to be a 50-50 split uh, by the time that the season rolls around. But I'm interested to see how Tez goes up against uh, a power five defense. But defensively, who stands out at corner? Who stands out at safety? And what are the linebacker pairings? Those are those are kind of my three right. big questions there. After the one that you pose, which is can they get pressure on the quarterback? Yeah, that, that's an obvious question. But if you're talking right. about players and positions to watch, linebackers, what are the pairings? Corners, who stands out? Safeties, how do they mix and match? Yeah. So, you know, I look to the spring game to, you know, one, you want to see how the starters play, but you also want to see those backups. You want to see the kind of two deep, three deep, or whatever else. The green team has Jamal Hill and Connor Sole on it. Be interesting to see those two in, in tandem. I think Bossa is the original guy who you think you're going to get because he's the most versatile linebacker. He's been around. But it's really going to be interesting to see how they transition with Jamal Hill. Because, again, just a freaky good athlete, super smart football player. Uh, it's going to be good to see the, 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 the corners. I don't know, man. I think, you know, I think Triquez had a really good – end of the year last year i think he finished off strong i think he got second half was good yep taking advantage of early in the year and it kind of was kind of a little bit of a i don't know i wouldn't say the problem but i would say one of the pieces that they were struggling with but um you know i i tend to think dante manning's gonna have a big year and i think that uh he's gonna be one of those guys to look forward to he's played a lot of football so you 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 should hope this would be a breakout year for him so DBs, safeties, you know, I, I kind of like, uh, you know, the Williams uh, connection, right? Evan Williams, Bennett Williams, a lot of guys have talked about how good he is in the room and how well he's adjusted to the team and how similar he is to Bennett. And so Evan Williams is going to be another guy I feel like you can watch for. And also you get to see the young guys, you know, like Cody DeCambria yep. is a guy that they mentioned numerous times. The coaches mentioned numerous times. So, you know, that's a that's another guy in the safety room. It'd be kind of fun to watch for. Uh, and he'll get minutes. These guys will all get minutes in the spring game. Yeah, that that's one thing I love about it. And also, I love the way they're structuring this, too, that you've got some first teamers and some second teamers on either side. Mm-hmm. And you'll get pl- you'll get to see plenty of bodies in there because with guys like Cody DeCambra or Tyler Turner or Cole Martin or uh, I, I don't think Dalen Austin is, is here right now. But just go down the list of young guys. Kenyon Sadiq, we, we have half an idea of what they can be. Because we see them as high school recruits. But this is the first time, really the only time, I think, for some of these guys that will have any inclination of what their careers could actually end up being. Because 
you'll see some players in this game, and, and heck, with all the safeties in the room, DeCambra might be one of them, right. that we might see him get some live reps, but then he only plays in garbage time this year, so we don't have that much of an idea. It's just such a great insight and a peek behind the curtain for for, for Oregon fans to get, get an idea of what these players are and what they could be down the line. I agree. I mean, I, I think guys are really set up pretty well in the defense. I think you're going to see big year from Brian Addison. I think you're going to see a lot of guys on the back end play much better than they did last year. I, I, I have big hopes, high hopes for this defense. And again, you know, if the defense is good, I think the defense up front looks good. The, the, the depth that feels like is up front. So now, you know, that, and that had been an issue before. So now it's about uh, whether or not you can handle the pressure and handle the injuries coming forward. But you know, springtime's always fun. It's it's fun to see the two guys on either side. It's fun to kind of, you know, split them. Like you said, Bo Nix on one side, Ty Thompson on the other. They split, they put Tez on the the, the side with Ty. You know, it's just kind of fun stuff like that where it's like you can kind of mix and match guys. And for the coaches, this is also really fun. You know, coaches have done this a variety of ways. They've done drafts. They've done this, that. Who's the first player off the board in the draft? <laughs> I mean, they've done it all. I mean, it's kind of fun part of spring ball, right? I mean, I know as a coach, when well, one of the things you do over and over and over and over and over is lineups. You're just constantly reworking lineups. Just like, what could this look like? What could this look If we were in this situation, what would this look like? And if this situation, what would this look like? And um, that's why it feels like when they do the starters for Don Essig, he runs through like 15 different starters. It's like, Don, there's only 11 guys on the field. But <laughs> like at yep. the other running back, you know, I mean, it's like... <laughs> Because they just there's so many different sets out there, and yes, he's a starter for this grouping, but maybe not for that grouping. And so, yeah, I I think it's 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 set up to be a a lot of fun. You made me think of a question that I want to ask you, but one that I want to ask all of you is why haven't you gone and check out Built Bars yet? What 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 are you waiting for? Because if you want a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. That's built. You got to try built. They're healthy. They taste amazing. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have a bunch of unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream. My mint. I'm a mint brownie guy through and through. Always have been, always will be. But I love other ones too. (laughs) Not going to apologize for it. That's right. (laughs) Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. They're always in my pantry. There's always at least one in my golf bag to keep me going out on the links go to your local walmart walmart or sam's club while you can get your specialty flavors still at built.com walmart sam's club built.com get your next order of built bars today i know it might not look like it but i do try to keep you know my figure in check and uh you know i want to limit my sugar but i am drawn to the churro flavor oh dude a churro (laughs) puff is (laughs) out of bounds as guy fieri would say Uh, It's absolutely uh, all the Guy Fieri sayings. Gangster, out of bounds, outrageous, Outrageous. all that sort of stuff. All right, here's my question for you, Ryan. If you were drafting this spring roster and you had to take a non-quarterback with the first overall pick, because if you had the number one pick, you'd probably take Bo Nix, right? I like that. That's that's who I would take. Quarterback's most important position, right? right? Non-quarterback on either side if you were doing a fantasy draft of this spring roster who is your number one overall pick Mm, non-quarterback you know it's always fun to take a lineman you know like Connerly. i think he would be up there uh but it's probably a guy uh, maybe if you're gonna go offense it's probably a guy like troy franklin 
Mm. Because the guy is like with, you know, if you want to pair somebody up with your quarterback, that's kind of your guy, right? But uh, of course, you know, if you're like a real GM and you're building your team and all that sort of stuff, you got to build from the outside out, but or inside out. But I think a guy like Franklin is a huge difference maker, especially for Bo. I think he gives him a lot of confidence. I think the way that Troy runs his routes, I think is maybe uh, beneficial. I think he's a big bodied guy. I think he really, you know, he has that beautiful combination of being like, you know, tall enough, but not too tall, uh, you know, really athletic, you know, really strong with his hands, go getter. He wants the ball. He wants to be great. He's, he's energetic. He's, he, he engages with the fan base. He engage, he, he know he gets it, you know? And I think those are the guys who have the it factor. And that's who I'm looking for. You know, if I was a GM for the NFL, you know, I would, I would want to ask some of the weird questions because I want to see, I want to see the psychology of the guy. I know what he can do on film. I've seen the right. film. I can see him bench press. I can see all that. I, I, I want to see the, you know, in, you know, interaction. I want to see where does he stand on something or how does he feel about this? Or what would he do if this, you know, that to me makes way more sense in, similar in a job interview. I, I would care way more about, you know, the personality of the person rather than their actual skill set. We can work on the skill set. Yeah, I, I, I think Franklin would be a pretty good pick. I would probably lean towards Connerly yeah. just because yeah, you're building uh, your. Yeah, you, you got You got to have a great quarterback. You got to protect your quarterback. Right. It's the Colin Coward rules for life. And you got to make their quarterback uncomfortable. Um, and, and, and speaking of which, along the defensive line, two guys, I'm three guys. I'm most intrigued to see. I don't know that I could rank one above the other. I want to see what we have here in Jordan Birch, the, the South Carolina transfer. Absolutely. I want to see Mateo yep. because a lot of hype, a lot of promise there. He looks physically ready. Love the ceiling. To, yep. Love the ceiling, but the floor could definitely be something that helps Oregon a lot this season. And the third guy, Ryan, kind of unheralded here. I want to see how good Popo looks coming off the injury. This was a highly productive high quality defensive lineman, great run stuffer, you know, solid against the pass, but really was a, a, a guy who was pronounced in just swallowing up double teams, getting into the backfield, being disruptive. If he's back to what he was in 2021, that is a big time addition to this Ducks defensive line, which we know struggled last year. Yeah. So Popo and Jordan on the same team on that green team with Jamal Hill, I kind of like that. I, I again, I, I really love the offensive defensive line. It's what I know best. It's what I actually played when I was in high school a little bit. I mean, I played linebacker as well, but I played. I love the defensive line. I love. I love the close combat. I, I kind of love what you get away with in there. <laughs> and uh, you know, Popo's a guy who's a real, real steady Eddie in there. He, he'll get you the run stop, but he can put pressure on. We saw has some really good games he's played. I mean, that Washington game up there in the rain amazing game i mean he's 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 had some good he's been around too right yep. i mean yep. with the extra year and I mean, so i'm yeah I, i'm really excited for football and i, I just there are certain guys i've kind of leaned toward i have maybe better relationship with and i and i don't have too deep of a relationship with these guys but i do text guys i do connect with guys over time and you know popo's just such a quality individual man he's just such a, a quality guy I'm really excited for him. And I really think that Jordan Birch is going to be a guy. don't really know where you're going to see him, you know, again, and I don't really know how they're going to utilize this defense differently than they're going to utilize it from last year. They got to make changes. What kind of changes are they going to make? You know, what's their pressure situation? I've been really nerding out on Dan Lanning's pressure 
this year, you know, and uh, I don't know if, you, if you've seen this uh, uh, coaches clinic, I'll send you the link on it. It's a tremendous watch. And it's just this idea of like, just he wants to put pressure on the quarterback from various angles and from different people. And maybe guys from you wouldn't expect like an outside backer or a defensive end, maybe more like a corner or a safety or, you know, the linebacker, you know, coming creeping around the edge. And guys just like and, and, and how he could like create a three down front, but actually put pressure on a four man by adding a fourth man at the end. And where do you put that guy? And I think that that's kind of a fun thing when you have a guy like Jordan Burch, because he's a guy that feels like he's big enough to go inside. Like I said, I'm a big dude. I looked up to this guy when he shook my hand. I was like, thank you, sir. You know, and <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I mean, for real, I mean, these guys are kids, but they, for the most part, they're young men. But still, I mean, these guys are big dudes. And. Popo as well. Like Popo is just such a solid, solid frame. And um, that's what you need for your nose tackle. But I think Jordan Birch has a, a variety of different positions he can play. And that they might utilize him in that. I don't know if they're going to drop him back in coverage like they did KT. And they did Doralus a little bit last year. Uh, but I, I expect a big year from Doralus too. I expect big things from this defense. I just, I, I hope if the defense improves that everybody else, you know, every, every other team improves on this thing. And you're going to have a really good team this year. Yeah, I don't know if I'm in the camp of expecting big things like being a top defense in the Pac-12, but I expect big no. improvement. Yes, you know? that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's what. What did I'm... they rank last year in the Pac-12? I mean, it depends on which metric you you looked at, but they were you know second yeah. to last in passing yards right. allowed per right. game, like that. Right. That that that, that is just got that killed to you. change and now the they were, were so gross now, the, the georgia game and the yeah. washington game and, and they were they now they were top three in terms of rushing yards allowed per game but i think they were like they fell apart at the end with the freaking morgan state game when they couldn't yep. stop anybody from running the ball when everybody knew you're running the ball yeah uh um, so when, when, when push came to shove at the end of the year they kind of fell apart and that's one thing they were stronger in but yeah, I knew their past defense was terrible. I, I I used to remember last year going through all the NCAA. I'd watched all of them, you know, in the ranking thing. And I'd be like, oh, God, what page are we on? It's like, <laughs> are we on the second? No, was, we're on the third page? Yeah, oh, it was. Right. It was it was not pretty. Now, no. they were at 27 and a half points per game allowed. That was fifth in the Pac-12. I'd like to see that get under 25 yeah, this year. Yeah, I think you need to be top four or three to be competitive in the Pac-12 this year. They're two, two, two good offenses this year. Yeah, yeah, and 386 yards a game allowed passing, though 260. They actually moved up uh, over the course of the year, probably because of that Oregon State game, frankly, and and the Utah game. I I think those two games kind of skewed the stats a little bit. The defense, first of all, played lights out against Utah. I mean, they were – they allowed 10 points. One they of the best were defensive were, games I've ever seen at Autzen. Uh, oh gosh, they were sensational. But that's what I want to see from this defense yeah. every week. They got pressure on Cam Rising. They forced him into turnovers. They didn't get beat over the top. They got off the field on third and fourth down. They didn't get beat on on the ground. Turnovers. And it, I, I, I just they think that, that that that's what we're looking for here. That's kind of what we all had in our our heads when when Lanning and Lupoy came over together and you look at their track records, it's like right. this is the defense that we expect to see. And that's Utah offense, by the way, that knows how to score. They put sure. up 43 points on, you know, a bad defense in USC. They put up 40, whatever it was, in the Pac-12 championship game. So it's not like they didn't they didn't know how to score. Uh, the other piece of news that came out uh, recently, Ryan, was the uh, the the, annou- the announcements uh, pieces of news, I guess, were the announcements. English is fun. But you had a handful of guys announced that are leaving. Avante Dickerson, Darren Barkins, pair of defensive backs, 
Sir Mel's on the defensive line, Harrison Taggart at, at linebacker. I'm not forgetting one, am I? There's <laughs> been a few. <laughs> I think the number is I heard I heard 82 is our newest number of scholarships, or is it 80? right? Okay. And that that that's where my mind first went when I saw these guys were announcing that they were in the portal. Still, you know, to this day, the only two transfers that have really shocked me were Maliki Matavau and Keith Brown. I, I think those are the I only guys at this point that have been like, whoa, I saw you taking a big jump and playing a major role in next year's team. And, and now we don't have that Dante Thornton a little bit, but not quite yeah. as much because he had a pretty small role when he was poised for a jump in 2022, got beat out by uh, Troy Franklin for attention and touches and whatnot, but had some great moments for sure. So I look at this latest slew of transfers, Ryan, and it's just what you said. Oregon is now under the scholarship limit for all the people who are worried about, you know, how are we going to get under the limit? What's going to happen? Like, this is exactly how it's going to happen. They've always had a plan. They've always had an idea. They've always known. And so defensive line, you got a bunch of depth. Cornerbacks, you lose two. I didn't have either in my projected depth chart, you know, entering and during spring football here that I've talked about here on the show. Harrison Taggart was way down, probably sixth on, on the depth chart at the linebacker position when you slide Jamal Hill in there. So I'm not worried about any of these guys. I think they're scholarship casualties and you just have to get under that number. Now Oregon's got room to add players, which we know they need to add at least one at tight end. They might go add one at, uh, you know, a, a linebacker or wide receiver with Gary Bryant, something like that. But bottom line here, losing those guys who, who definitely had some talent and promise, but that's just what happens when you're at Oregon, you recruit at a high level. The guys who transfer out are going to have some, uh, some hype coming out of high school. They're going to have some potential. They could go succeed elsewhere, but I'm not concerned at all that those guys are, are leaving the program. No. And when we talked after the Keith Brown one, we were talking about, well, these last couple scholarships to 85 might really sting, you know, might be kind of a rip the bandaid off moment. Well, now that we're there at this moment, it feels like that's not really the issue. Like you said, if you go back, it's really the Dante Thornton one, the Keith Brown one, you know, uh, I, I think are, 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 are somewhat bigger. And then obviously Montevallo, right. And I think, you know, but, but even that one was like, okay, that's fine. When, when, when Maliki left, it was like, okay, that's fine. You know, there's other guys in the tight end room or whatever, but uh, yeah, I, I do think the transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. And there's a lot of times where I feel like it's not really indicative to the health of the program. I think it's a natural part of this. And I think actually a guy that really nailed it, if you guys really want some good content, there's the Mental Sweat Show. That's Ryan Walks podcast. If you want to hype that, it's Ooh. great. It's great. And, and they've had some really quality like guests on there. They had Jay Butterfield on, and Jay Butterfield talked about this that he kind of like bought into the maybe took the bait. I don't know exactly the wording he used, but he kind of bought into the allure of Oregon. He's like, this is too good of an offer to to pass up on. I've got to go, and he didn't really, you know, really catch his footing. He went through a variety of different coaches, coaches that were suiting his style, coaches that were not suiting his style, vice versa. But at the end of the day, he was, he kind of left. But it, what, what it taught me was this idea that there's a lot of guys who probably see Oregon as one of their best offers on the table and they're going to take it. And then they're going to get here and they're going to do the thing for a year. And they're not going to have that many expectations put on them, but then they're going to see going into the second year, I don't really see myself as being a part of this program. I don't see myself on the depth chart where I thought I was going to be. And surprise, surprise, you're going to an elite school. You're going to a, one of the better programs in the country, and you want to succeed at the highest level. 
And sometimes that's where you find out you're maybe, maybe not at that level. <laughs> and the coaches are telling you maybe there's time to go. It's not as bad, obviously, as what you see with the you know situation <laughs> with Dion. I heard there was like he has 13 scholarship players left from last year's team. And he's like, sounds like a good thing for Colorado. I mean, that's the point. He went in there and told him that like the transfer portal is right over there. Like, go ahead and hit it. Like, but my point being is, is that, you know, you look at these guys and they think maybe, Hey, I've done a full year. I mean, Sir Mel's posted a thing saying, Hey, what a year it's been. He came in and he had a picture of when he came in Oregon picture. Now he came in super doughy, super big and fluffy. He really never hit the weights in his life. He really never been on a weight program. He'd never been on a nutrition program. He'd never had people watch his calories. His mom makes that, you know, those, all the, I mean, his mom was bringing, uh, you know, all these sorts of recipes, mac and cheese and all sorts of stuff to the spring game tailgates and stuff. What do you think she's making him? (laughs) So it's like, this kid was just super doughy, super big. And people said, Hey, if this kid's going to play, he's going to need to transform his body. He did. And the next picture of him, he's lean, mean fighting machine. He can go right now and play UNLV. I mean, and so the idea is like, yeah, Las Vegas kid. Yeah, Vegas. So it's like this idea of like these guys go to Oregon. They actually improve themselves for a year. They improve their stock for a little bit, and they get a little clout because they've been to Oregon. Now they're transferring from Oregon, right? Just like we have this thing of, oh, we got the kid from Ole Miss. Yeah, we got the kid from Alabama. Oh man, what about Fresno State? We got the kid from Oregon. Ba boom. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a great deal. That. That is a fantastic point that I hadn't thought about the way that, you know, Butterfield framed it and that other players probably have, which is I might not play her, but I could take a shot, see if I can do it. And if not, I can transfer somewhere else. And then I I completely agree with you on the clout thing. You know, SIDs eat that sort of stuff up. Right. And social media people to be able to say, oh, they got the Oregon transfer because that's, you know, that O travels. We talked about it before in the recruiting front. It is a very well-known brand, and having that attached to you is certainly a, a benefit for for a lot of uh, of these kids. Before we get to a fun question, Ryan, any looming thoughts out there that you wanted to that you wanted to air or discuss uh, going into the spring game? No, I think the spring game is really cool. I think there's certain schools that do it well, and certain schools that don't. Like Washington, Oregon does it well. Oregon does it well. They they do the troops. They do the Lane County Food Bank. They do other variety of other sports at the same time afterward, before they've got the soccer game before right next door. They've got the a, a baseball game right after right next door. They've got the whole complex. It's a, it's a, it's an event where they bring a lot of different alumni in. They bring a lot of different people in. A lot of times it's like, you know, you have these different moments in time where you go back homecoming, you know, and they're, now they've kind of created one for the spring and they do a big thing for recruiting. Then they kind of try mm-hmm. to showcase what it's like. The vibe is real there. And they really try to spruce it up. I mean, I used to go to the spring game when I was a kid where you just needed to show your buy mark card to get in. And there was like, you know, 500 people in the stands. They, I remember them doing it one time. They did it in, 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 in uh, up here in Portland at like a high school field. Like there, you know, it's, it's like there, there was, there was some crazy stuff. Like the spring game was it's not a little bit bigger big. now. It's big and it should be because now yeah, they've got television coverage and they've got flyovers. They've got, but I really love the salute the troops thing. I think some of the coolest uniforms in the past came from it. I love that one of the flying duck that they yes, did. Yes. That's like one of my favorite helmets. I don't know why so they have, dude, it's so good. And then the whole salute the troops thing is really like authentic. And, you know, there's a lot of vets that go to games. There's a lot of uh, Oregon support with, uh, you know, the military and, there's a lot of military presence in Oregon. 
I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm, 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 my family has a beach house in Rockaway. I, I can't tell you how much times I know people who are in the Coast Guard or anybody else. There's flyovers. They're doing sort of, I mean, they're, it, it's a wild deal. So you have the situation where you get to actually really honor troops. You can't say no to that. Of course. It goes across the board. That's an automatic win. It's a home run. Fly the flag, baby. And then you get to have this thing where you get to exchange uniforms. And I mean, there were some really cool moments that they were doing during that time. And they've, le- they've leaned back into that. But it's a huge win for the food bank. And, and again, we're in a country that's an absolute, you know, bread and butter country, uh, land of milk and honey. But people are starving. It's crazy. Kids are going hungry. I'm a, I'm a, sc- a public school teacher. I know. Kids come there for the breakfast. They get the lunch. And then they're hoping for the next meal. And then they're, ho- they're coming back for the breakfast the next morning. So, right. you know, it, it, it's a really good thing. It's a, it's a quality event. But, I mean, if you look at Seattle, for example, I mean, holy crap. They can't even they can't do anything to get people in the stadium for that. And I heard yeah, they, they, just, they just don't put it. They just don't put as much effort and much, as much, much of a priority into it. into it. There's maybe more competition. They, they were, I heard a guy from up there saying we've got this, that, and the other going against us. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But you can at least try to do something. And this is a team that won 10 games last year. 11, 11 games. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. And look, some places just don't, you know, put as much pomp and circumstance and excitement into it. And, it's you know not ultimately determinative of how great you're going to be as a program, but I, I'd prefer you have the energy because I, I like the community aspect of sports. I like people coming together, watching football, supporting the kids, supporting good local causes and all that sort of stuff. Ryan, we're closing with a fun question here. This came from Randall yesterday via the Twitter DMs. And by the way, ask all the questions you got about the spring game. YouTube comments, Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. Those are the handles. Ryan, this one is a bit off topic, but right in your wheelhouse. Side question for the show. Is Pacific Dunes the greatest public course in America? This is so in my freaking wheelhouse. It is right. We could go for 30 minutes on this. I could go for 30 minutes on each course. The short answer is no. I don't even think it's the greatest public course at Bandon. I think yeah, it's I'm, number two. I yeah, am a I'm, trails guy personally. Oh, yeah, I, I am love a that. That's huge, a left fielder. I love. I that. am a huge trails guy. I like Pacific a lot. I love. It always gets trails. the highest rating, but I am a trails guy. Golfers know what we're talking about right now. Okay, Non-golfers quick. have already turned us off, and that's all right. It's fine. At the end of the show, what, real quick, what's your top five? How do you how do you rank those? Of the courses at Bandon, yeah. yeah. So, so trails. So I haven't played Sheep Ranch. Okay, so so top four. So then. so top four. I go trails, trails, Pacific. It's tough. It's really really tough. I go Bandon and then Old Mac. Okay, okay. So yeah. So like when I so I've played them all, and Sheep Ranch is fun. It's very whimsical. On a really good day, it's really fun. On a bad day, it's really bad. Like the worst. Like so, the wind, like, wind and the weather and whatnot. Oh my god! I mean, I had like 65, 70 degree gusts. I've never even felt that wind in my life, and I'm golfing. I'm like, why are we? What are we doing? Why are we yeah. even here? Every everybody just hard. Uh, in Pacific, no, it's probably uh, you know, what, uh, greatest, greatest public course in America. I mean, Pebble no, Beach is public. Was it a West Coast question or no? No, it's no, it's just it's just in America. Is Pacific Dunes the greatest no. public course I mean, in, in America? In the country, there's got to be so many better. I mean, I, I mean, Pebble. Well, I don't, there's a variety of them that probably rank. Just higher. go, just go in the whole Monterey East area. Coast. Pebbles, Spyglass, yeah. Pasatiempo is really good. Spanish right. Bay. I mean, right. you I can. I, and by the way, don't get me wrong. Pacific is probably, if you're talking public courses, probably top twenty, at least top thirty, but probably top twenty. 
but it's what you want out of a course. Like, do you want sea views? Do you want link style? Do you want this? Or do you want pristine this or pristine that? Like, you know, in the valley type stuff. I, I don't know. I love it. I think Bandon Dunes is, is the best. It's my favorite personally. The original Bandon Dunes. I go Bandon Dunes number one. I go Pacific number two. I go somewhere between trails and uh, a sheep on a good day. Uh, and then I rank uh, Old Mac at the bottom. I think Old Mac, it beats the hell out of me constantly. The first three holes are absolutely awesome. And then you get over the hill and then it's just like a moonscape. And I just get lost in it. Uh, I also have played it on the worst weather days. You know, every year I go for whatever reason, Old Mac is. Oh the yeah, the oh yeah. All weather. the worst weather so, days I've had abandoned dudes have been Old Mac. All, so, so that also time. makes me kind of like think it's not that great. I've had amazing days at Bandon. I've had we play Bandon twice usually because it's the consensus favorite because it's the OG. Uh, but yeah, walking up, you know, 16 with the sun setting. No, you've got 17, 18 left. Oh, I mean, so buddy, good. it is so pure. Oh, so good. So pure. So thank you so much for letting me think about Bannon. I literally think about Bannon Dunes at least one time during the day. It could just be a fleeting moment. I think, I think of it, it every day. I think of it once a week. Here. I play with random people out here in Utah and I'll just ask them, like, oh, oh, you know, have you, uh, have you played golf in Oregon before? They'll be like, no, I've never been out there. I'm like, you got to go to Bandon. I'm telling you, it's a must. you've got to go to bandit and you gotta take a caddy and you gotta and you yep. gotta, get, you gotta get, get a caddy ask him ask him questions listen to him they know what they're talking about <laughs> ryan winter knows what he's talking about he'll be at the spring game check him out on youtube and twitter at sports chat 503 ryan is always the man thank you so much i'm like your duck caddy <laughs> yes yes <laughs> indeed you are appreciate everyone listening have a wonderful rest of your day enjoy the spring game back with you here on monday and until then go ducks